Hey everybody, just a quick note that the audio in this episode is a little bit inconsistent during the Hoodfoot interview. We were having some technical difficulties specifically on my end. We tried our best to clean it up as well as possible, but apologies for that. Also, this episode uh, was recorded primarily a couple of weeks ago, so some of the information concerning participants in the Tournament of Survival may not be quite up to date. Anyway, enjoy. This is Pro Wrestling Illustrated, a love letter to independent wrestling from Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine. I am one of your hosts, PWI Editor-in-Chief Kevin McElvaney. With me here, as always, the Good Witch, the Divine Darling, the Conduit of Karma, Kai McKenna. Kai, how's it going? It's going well. I've, um, I feel like I've finally recovered from all of those trips right after WrestleMania weekend. I got some good <laughs> sleep. I got some good food. <laughs> I feel like a human again, like like a, a real human witch, not not like an undead creature slowly crawling to her next destination. <laughs> I feel I feel refreshed. It's been it's been good to have a couple of weeks off, especially getting ready to go into another run of shows in June. So good, yeah. I mean, I know I felt like an undead creature uh, after one of our interviews because there was a time difference for that, but we're we're gonna get into that <laughs> soon enough. Um, Better first, I think, to introduce today's topic, which is GCW's Tournament of Survival annual thing. This is number seven. Oh my so, gosh, seven. When did you've that been to a few of these, seven. right? I yeah. have been to a few of these. Talk, talk about it. So, I mean, the, anyone who's not familiar uh, with the Tournament of Survival, like what, what kind of things do we see there? Oh my God, anything and everything. It really is like anything goes. Typically it's eight participants. Um, there are three rounds to the tournament, the opening round, the semifinals, and then the final match. And sometimes the thing that I think that makes it really fun and sets it apart from other deathmatch tournaments is that a lot of times these opening round matches specifically will have weird and wild stipulations involving different deathmatch weapons or deathmatch stipulations, You know, which you would have to do to win or weapons you can and can't use. Um, I'm trying to think there's some really creative ones the past couple of years. I know that uh, Manders wrestled in Tournament of Survival last year in a bunkhouse death match where they had bales of hay around oh, yeah. the ring. And that, yeah, they had a whole bunch of like country themed death match weapons and it was really, really fun. And then, um, you know, they have like your, your traditionals, you know, like your light tubes, death match, your panes of glass, glass, panes of glass, Deathmatch. So, like one of the the big things that I always look forward to about tournament survival is not necessarily so much who the participants are, but what kind of stipulations they're going to have. And especially mm-hmm. when you have people like Big Ben and Tommy and Eugene at the helm for creating these sorts of um creating this hurry per se, right? Like it's anything goes. Like you really like that's the fun. It's just right. seeing what happens. Um, Tormund Survival 5 was outside in the sand pit, which was like a whole different like monkey wrench thrown into it, right? Because now not only are you like doing this brutal deathmatch wrestling, but you're you're in the sand. And like, you know how much it sucks? Like you sand in you, like in your face, like, you know, it's just awful, right? It's every, it gets everywhere. It's like, oh man, that was a rough one. But it was really cool <laughs> to see how the performers were able to adapt to these sure. stipulations and come out victorious. Especially Alex Cologne, right? Like three-time winner. That guy's on to something with Tournament of the Survival. Wild, wild. And <laughs> so Alex, wild. Alex, of course, uh, not in the tournament this year. Um, but it is a, a pretty wild slate of competitors here. I'll, I'm going to go through the uh, – before we get – we're interviewing two people from the tournament 
here today. But before we throw to those interviews, let me let me just run through real quick the rest of the, the first round. Um, so we have Matt Tremont against Slade, which is going to be <laughs> that's going to be wild. It's going to be uh, wild. Toru Segura against uh, Shane Mercer. So I mean, another like hard hitting match there. Uh, friend First of the show. time matchup too, right? Like that's not happened oh, yeah. before in the survival or any death matches, really. I think so. That'll be fun. I love a good yeah. first time matchup. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, actually, I don't know for sure this is a first time match, but friend of the show, Drew Parker, Big Japan, many other places, uh, is uh, taking on Cole Radrick, and I. <laughs> I mean, I hope Cole knows what he's getting himself into here. I mean, the last but, time I saw Drew Parker wrestle stateside, he threw darts at Alex Cologne's back. So um, oh, no. Cole's got his work cut out for him here. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, there's one other match in the quarterfinal, and I think um, worth uh, noting that there's we have one kind of domestic talent from America. And then we have another wrestler coming over from Japan. Um, so we're going to talk to the American talent first. Okay. So this is actually the opening round matchup that I have been looking forward to the most because the first competitor in this match is none other than Hoodfoot. This pretty tournament, that opponent. Yeah. I look, I'm, I'm ecstatic for that. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be dope. I can't wait. Like I've, uh, I was already excited with the names that got announced, and I was like, "Man, I just hope I get to mix it up with a few of them." And getting to mix it up with Rena right off the bat, let's go! Look, <laughs> two weeks can't come fast enough. I feel like Chris. I feel like it's Christmas almost, a bloody Christmas. Yeah, and the last time uh, Rena Yamashita was stateside, she wrestled Charlie Evans at the yeah. NBA in Chicago, which was yeah, and they killed him. match. Yes, and um. That wasn't the NGI six. She wrestled her the day before. Mm-hmm. And then she also wrestled, I believe, Atticus, right, in the NGI six. I get it mixed up. I do I go to too many of these GCW shows. <laughs> I don't hey, don't worry. Don't worry. We all but get hit in the head. We all get hit in the head. Oh yeah. CTE. Yeah, I haven't CTE. wrestling long enough to claim that yet. <laughs> um but yeah, like, you know, she had these incre- incredible stellar performances for her first time yeah. stateside with with GCW at least. So have you watched those matches back in preparation? Like, how do you uh, prepare to take on somebody? So, I've, so unfortunately, I've been I've been kind of traveling in between, um, but I'm definitely going to be having some of those matches on. I've been watching a lot of freedom stuff because uh, obviously, you got you got Segura, you got Drew Parker, you know, you got you got Rena, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to watch all the freedoms. I'm getting every. I'm gonna get. I'm take every idea. Every look, every game plan they got, I'm gonna just kind of piece it all together and see what I can come up with. So you, you got her in the first round. Let's just assume everything goes to plan. You, you yeah. go on, you face future opponents. With, without all the brackets, who else do you have your have your eye on this tournament? Um, Segura is on my list. I've been I've been a fan of his for like about about three years now. When I started really watching Freedoms, um, I was like, man, I was like, yeah, I, I really want to wrestle him. It, it's just. It's a style of wrestling that I like, um, not just the death match, but how he wrestles in that death match. I go, oh, I like. I was like, yo, we could, we could really do something. I was like, we could have some fun. Of course, uh, Drew Parker, and honestly, this is uh, this is only for uh, some cinema, like uh, 
sentimental moments, uh, I want to wrestle Cole. Oh, well, I've known yeah, Cole. I've known that Cole be... since I started wrestling. And me and Cole, we've only had one, we've only had one singles match. And that's when I was green as hell. And he had to carry me through this whole match. So I want to, I want to wrestle him again and go, Hey, don't worry, man. This will be a 50, 50 split this time. Yeah. I would say it would be a little bit more of an even playing field. Yeah. Not only would it be a singles match and it would be your second matchup together, but also yeah. Cole is starting to explore the world of death match as well. Yes. So, and by being yes. in the tournament, you know, he's made a little bit of a push for it recently. So you're both like almost like equal par for experience in death matches. I do believe you yeah. a little bit longer, but just both a little bit of the game, right. Trying to change it up a little bit. So that would be an yeah. excellent match to see. Yeah. I, I would love, I would love that match. Um, I know there's a select few people here in Indianapolis who would go absolutely bonkers for that match. So you've been doing this a little, a little bit longer than Cole has. You're still relatively new to death matches. Yes. People go a little bit longer. What possessed you to do this in the first place? Because I, I see you get in there and just anybody, anybody having these, I've watched some of your match. I think I joked with before we started here, like the amount of blood that comes out of you. It's going to be called the hood foot scale instead of the Muda scale soon enough. <laughs> Why, why, why do you do this to yourself? Um, first, first and foremost, man, I growing up, I wanted to be a hardcore champion. Right. I thought Mick Foley, I thought mankind was dope as hell. Like the boiler room, boiler room matches were always one of my favorite matches. The hardcore title is always one of my favorite titles. Um, and as you naturally progressed, you know, you get to, you get into more, get into a few different styles, but it's always been there. Um, and then I started training under Randy West who's also a deathmatch wrestler, uh, queen. She's been queen of death before, you know. And so it kind of just naturally progressed. And I remember uh, asking her about doing deathmatches. I was less than a year in, um, actively wrestling. And she goes, no. First, get your basics underneath you. Uh, understand what you're doing first. And two, um, she was worried that I would get pigeonholed into deathmatches. Uh, because from the generation that she came from, if you did death matches, that's it. You were a death match wrestler, period. There was no there was no real, hey, come cross over and do this match. You know, uh my match with Vinny Massaro just got announced. And a lot of people are like, oh man, I thought he was a death match wrestler. You know, um, it's actually a pretty exciting time where in wrestling right now where a lot of the guys who are doing death matches are just not being pigeonholed into death matches. Right. I mean, honestly, you kind of uh, first came across my radar as like this, this heavy hitter brawler. And, you know, that, that's there, that feeds into this. Um, I've even got to think that, that that style of match that really, you know, specifically the UWFI matches and, and things like that had to have prepared you a little bit for at least some of that came your way. Kind of. It's uh, I, I kind of look at myself like I kind of like collecting styles of wrestling, you know. Right. Uh, whether it be the work, the worksheet style of UWFI, uh, whether it be uh, deathmatch wrestling, who knows? I might pop up in Mexico. You know, I might, I might go, I might go to UK and start learning how to catch. You know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's it's just something I love. I, first and foremost, I love professional wrestling in all forms. It doesn't matter. Um, I love tag team wrestling. I love intergender wrestling. Um, I love I love comedy wrestling. You know, uh, some some of you guys may know that uh, one of my one of my mem- one of the members of the False Boys is uh, Bradley Prescott, the fourth, who is probably one of my favorite comedy wrestlers. <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. 
because he's athletic. He can do pretty much anything, but he can make you laugh your ass off. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, Tournament of Survival has been a staple at GCW since 2016. And there have been some incredible performers win this tournament, you know, starting with uh, Danny Hapik, Nick Gage, and then, of course, Mr. Three Pete himself, Alex Stallone. So what would it mean for you to be in the company of these deathmatch legends, you know, these guys? Um, First, like, it's a, it'd be an honor. It'd be an honor and privilege to be there. And also to be, to be um, the first black deathmatch wrestler to win a tournament, you know, it's, it, it weighs heavy. It weighs heavy on my mind. I, I think about it a lot. Uh, I, I go, man, I, that would mean that not just in deathmatch wrestling, but I have a, I've carved out my own little corner in wrestling period. Yeah, it's it's a barrier that you've broken. And I believe in his latest PWI column, right? Dredge just talked about the match with you and Billy Dixon over wrestling WrestleMania weekend was Yes. It, yes. Yeah, I just want to make sure I got that right. But it was the first it's the first official all black all black death match. Right. Uh, yes. Match. Yeah. And it's you know, a barn burner of a match. It was emotional, it was violent, it told a story. And I think that's something that you know, people go and they watch these these matches and not expecting that, not expecting to get pulled into it that kind of way, right? And then there it is. Yeah, I think that was, I'm going to piggyback on that for a second because I think yeah. the big appeal of Hoodfoot in Deathmatch is the fact that you are very, very good at telling these stories while having your Deathmatch. I mean, it is certainly one thing to just go out there and swing for the fences with light tubes and see what dumb shit you can throw each other through and sure. just go out there yeah. and do things, right? Like just go out there and do moves. But the fact that you make these matches so meaningful and there is this real feeling of a struggle and triumph connects with the fans in a way that as someone who's seen a lot of deathmatch, not everybody is successful at doing that. And I think that there's a lot to be said for your ability to pull that off. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, uh, I, I look at wrestling as a athletic contest, but I also look at it as um, this is just two men struggling to win, you know, um, and sometimes that struggle is a lot harder than others. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely the way I look at wrestling is a violent art form, pretty much. You know, um, I grew up watching a lot of uh, early WCW, you know, early WWF, less story-based stuff. Uh, and then naturally I gravitated towards like all Japan, uh, 90s tapes. So you get your Misawa, Kobayashi, it's the hard hitting style coming through. The hard hitting <laughs> stuff, but uh, it 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 was not without story. And you start watching these matches over and over obsessively, and you start picking up the little nuances in the story. And sometimes you you think, oh well, like that stuff will leave you, but inherently you kind of just do it without even thinking. Sometimes you think about the story that you that you saw beforehand, and you implement into your matches. And I do the same thing with my uh, with deathmatch wrestling. It's my approach to deathmatch wrestling. It's my approach to wrestling in general. All right. So let's not sugarcoat it. There's a lot of real pain associated with what you're doing, not even just during the matches, but afterward, when you have to walk away from the ring and that adrenaline stops flowing a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, man, it, so honestly, it's after a match is probably when the pain really starts to kick in and you start to sit there sometimes like, uh, I, the, the match with, uh, Matt Tremont, um, 
I actually had to drive back to Indianapolis. So that was like 12, 13 hours back right after that match. And honestly, I just had to like get cleaned up, drive back and do another match. Like I got back in town probably uh, two hours beforehand before the show started to get everything together. And man, you sit there like 13 hours, your back is still killing you. Your shoulders going numb. You're like, oh, you're like all right, I just got to get through it. Sometimes mm-hmm. like actually this weekend, driving back from Boston, neck starting to neck starts to stiff up because you're still you're still driving and you gotta still be alert. So you're dealing with all this pain, you're just like, oh man. And like I was telling Kai, I was like, you get to a point in the driveway, you're just like, I just, I just want to be home. <laughs> like, I just want to see my bed. Um, there was actually um the match against Alex, uh Alex Long in Detroit. <laughs> like I was just covered in salt and shout out to Kaya. Just pouring, just pouring cold water on me in this cold building. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Like just drenched they it. I'm just drenched they in said cold there was water. heat. That was a lie. No, that was they a lie. Hey, that was a lie. There was no heat like, in that building. Like I sitting like I had I'm my sitting fur there. coat on the entire time I was there. Exactly. Like, yo, know, there was no and no shower. So it's just oh, hell no, bottles no of cold those. water, like washing off salt. And as you're doing it, it's it, your, your, your adrenaline is just dropping each second. And you're like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. And like, by the time I got back to the car, I was like, I just looked at the guys I rode up with. I was like, hey, bro. I was like, man, you're just going to have to drive, bro. I like, I've, if I can, I'll take over. But I just got to sleep. <laughs> I just got to sleep. Well, you know, and the hard thing too is obviously the last thing you're supposed to do after a normal stint of this or stint of physical activity is just go sit in the car for five hours and not move. Exactly. Let exactly. alone this high caliber, extremely physically demanding death match that you just took place yes. in. And it, it's just, that has got to be like so much worse. Like it's bad enough. Like when you have a match and you're in your car and you're like, oh God, I'm getting stiff because I have to be in this car for five hours. Mm-hmm. Let alone like when you're like stiff. And you were thrown through a door, sitting in random places, probably on your car seat. Like, you yeah. look absolutely insane if you do stop to go in a gas station. People are oh, like, "What the hell?" There's <laughs> many a time, many of times I've I've done I've done I've done some shows. Uh, I did one show recently uh, where I stopped at a Dollar Tree to pick up supplies to clean up and whatnot, and my face is still covered with blood. And I go, I go, excuse me, I was like, uh, "Where's the uh, peroxide at?" The lady working at the Dallas, she goes, oh, it's just around. Oh, my God. I go, no, 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 no. I I, I didn't kill anybody. I promise you. I'm a professional wrestler. Like, like saying I'm a professional wrestler solved a lot of those problems, which probably just opened up a lot more questions for it, right? Um, Some of my favorite interactions is actually, like, stopping at gas stations on the way home. And, like, you still got some, still got some blood covered up here, like, caked up. And you walk in, you go. Hi, uh, can I get twenty nine five? They're like, uh, sure. You're like, thank you. Are you sure <laughs> you that's all you need? You don't, you don't need a band aid or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you need like, to clean up. I actually after the Pondo match, um, after the Pondo match, I went to uh, stopped at its gas station. I went to the bathroom, cleaned up. I come back to come back to the counter to get to get a few cans of tobacco and some gas. And and the guy's like, you feel better now? I go, ah, oh, yeah, it's not too bad. He goes, I got to ask, what happened to you? I go, oh, man, I'm a professional wrestler. He goes, oh, that's cool. Still, like, I didn't elaborate. I just said I'm a professional wrestler. He's like, okay. 
that solves it. And I was like, I right, bet. <laughs> like, I hit the road. I like thinking of it. I like to think of it like a like a like a late nineteen seventies movie, like right. Clint Eastwood. You're like, good God, what happened to you? Or Charles Bronson? Like, what happened? To you? Go, I'm wrestling. I just take a cigarette out. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> God. That's, yeah, there's parallels. It's it's the Wild West. Yeah, um, yeah I've I've been sitting in airports, uh, sitting in airports with bloody jeans and a bloody shirt still, ready to get on the flight. And people are like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm doing well." I'm, I'm like, "I'm doing excellent." Yeah, there's no more salt on you at that point. Or no, I've, I've heard of people not being let on their flights for this reason. Yeah, like, yeah, wow. they, they, yeah. Like they're like, uh, you know what? Um, we can't have you on this plane bleeding everywhere. Or like, yeah. oh wait, like you have three horns growing out of your head now. Like we're we don't want to put you <laughs> in this pressurized yeah. cabin and have you like drop dead while we're yeah. Actually, I believe I believe that actually happened in Pondo. It's a valid concern. I believe that actually happened in Pondo this year in Dallas. Um, After after our match, uh, he couldn't get back. They wouldn't let him get on the flight because uh, he was still bleeding. Man, there was some wild matches in Dallas this year. Yeah. And like I was the only person doing cleanup. And it's like I had a line, like a packed ER yeah. <laughs> night in the middle of July. Like it was bad. I didn't realize like there were gonna be so like I knew there was Planet Death the one night, but I didn't realize that like the two main events were, you know, going to be pseudo death matches as well. So it's like yeah. just me right. like trying to Catch everybody up, wipe everybody off, like butterfly this, super glue that, like pull staples out of someone's head. Like it's just yeah, like it was, back, take a ticket. It was it was crazy. it was insane. Um going down there, uh my girl, she's like because <laughs> at the oh, time I had three different girl, she's the yeah. best. Yeah. Give her a shout out on the pod. Look, I, I love God bless her, I love her. Because she puts up with a lot, of, she puts up with a lot of my shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> Cause I go, I'm like, yeah, I got like, I got like, like six matches. She goes, how many are, how many are death matches? I was like three. And I didn't tell her the schedule and she saw the schedule. She goes, she's like, you're doing like three in like two days. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. And then I'm laying in bed with her and I get a message from uh unsanctioned. They get, they go, Hey man, uh, big Vin's hurt. Would you be able to replace him? I go, yeah, no problem. And I go, hey, I got a death metric cast. She goes, another one? I thought you were done. I go, yeah, I guess I'm not. Tonight, nice vacation to take together. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here I'm I'm like just even the 12, 13 hour drive in the, in the car without having a match, without having a death match. I'm just thinking like like yeah, you're cramped, like on its own. Like just add knee, to that. Your knees, yep. your back. Yep. Get, like getting out of so a car of wrestlers pulling yep. up to a gas station and all hopping out and all mm-hmm. just stretching and just going. Like, <laughs> I, I also I kind of wonder what people think when we all get out and we all just stretch it and like they crazy. hear like back cracking, just like Ugh. and also a group of wrestlers don't look like they belong there ever, right? They it's right. It's like, yeah. Yo, how do you guys know each other? First, first and foremost, right? <laughs> And like, why are y'all all beat up? And, and why are you all like dressed like you're homeless? Like, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Look, look, and you don't laughing. match, and everybody's got a fanny pack. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like, how can like how can this guy just hopped out the car with no shoes on? And like, I'm like, man. 
Look, there's no better relief in the world than being able to pop off your shoes in the car at like a 12 hour trip. You just pop your shoes off and you just sit there. You're like, oh my God, this feels amazing. I feel free. My favorite is after a match, I just put on clean underwear and clean socks. And I'm like, yes. I, I'll be fine. If I have to drive six hours now, I am ready yeah. to go. I get a shower so, when I get there. It, it makes such a difference. So I actually, I, I actually hate exactly. traveling in the winter. I actually hate traveling in the winter because I have to wear boots and stuff like that. And the summer is my time to shine because I'm like, yo, I could travel with my slides on. I ain't got to worry about, I ain't got to worry about shoes. Like I usually just pack, I usually just pack socks in my bag and just wear my slides. Cause I'm oh, like, man. I don't feel, I don't even feel like dealing with it. You know, we were talking offline for a second and it's always so great to travel in a group of wrestlers or a herd of yeah. wrestlers, right? But you know, both you and I are people who make a lot of drives alone. Yeah. Not as common and yeah. probably bordering insanity to do your wrestling drives alone. Like, I think I said there was only like two or three people I've met that do it outside of the two of us or have done it. So I've, like, I've only, I've, I've gotten lucky. I've, I usually drive, if it's not a car load, it's usually like one other person. And that's, I feel like that's even worse because you have to switch out each time. And there's times when you get like, you're like, all right, man, we'll do like 400 miles a piece, right? And you get to that, you get to that point where you're like, man, I, I feel like I've been driving for hours. You look down, you've only done like 150 miles. You go, I want to go home so bad. Like, at least when you drive by yourself, you're like, all right, I just power through this. Yeah. You know, you're like, I, I'll get this done. Blast um, the AC, put the window down. Exactly. That's the MO. But, but I turn like, just turn the radio all the way up. And just scream. Yeah. Now <laughs> driving with uh, driving with a car load is, is weird because like you get to that point in the night and you're like, oh my, you like everybody's sleeping in the car, nobody to talk to. You can't mm. turn the radio up too loud because then everybody wakes up mad and shit. so you're like you just like you crank it up just enough where you can feel it where you can feel the bass. You let the window down, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm in the zone now. I mean, and I then, thought the, the unspoken rule was if you were riding shotgun, you are not allowed to sleep. Like, your job yeah. is to stay up and keep the driver awake. Like, if you're going to sleep, yeah. put your ass in the back of the car. Exactly. Like, yo, man. Back of the car. But also, but also, like, if you're riding with, like, when you, if you're riding with, like, Murdoch, right? <laughs> Who am I going to look over Murdoch? Hey, get your ass up. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, you know what? He probably had a harder match than me. I'm going to let him sleep. <laughs> I'm going to let I him remember, sleep. Like, when the network used to do the ride along show, there was like an episode with the shield and Roman Reigns just like got right in the back and just like fell asleep immediately. Oh my God. Like, oh. A three person, a three yep. person car is the dream. The three yeah. person car is the and dream. You need a sleeper. Like, you... Someone just sleeps in the back. The exactly. other guy's the homie. That's, that's exactly. the best. Yeah. Like honestly, like here's, here's how, here's how messed up wrestler brains are. Cause I'm like, man, I want to, I want a car. I want a car. Right. And like, I could get a really good gas efficient car, but if it's too small, I don't want it. Right. I want something that's decent. I'll get a hatchback because then I could stuff it with like six people and still have enough room to sleep. <laughs> like that's the dream. So Either that or get you get, huh? Jeep leg room. Yes. And then if it's yes. Just me, like you can just put it down in the back. And even if it's just the three man crew, like you yeah. just sit up in the front and that back seat goes completely flat and it's like a little bed. Yeah, exactly. You get you a little, you get you a little like a little memory foam, like uh, pad. You roll oh, it out. Like things like, like yes. Like look, get you a pillow and blanket, and you're good. But mm. or you look, or you take your gear bag if you got one of the soft bags. You take it, 
uses a pillow, you're golden. You got look, you got a good two, three hours sleep in you. You wake up, do your shift, no problem. This is so, too fu- funny to me because like, we'd be on to talk about this brutal, brutal deathmatch tournament. We probably would do another one if we wanted something about like staying comfortable on the road. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let me tell you the secrets to sleeping in a car. Yeah, like here's yeah. nice and cozy and cozy in a car. Or you yeah, just if, if any look, if any young wrestlers are listening to this, a three man team in a car is the best. Yeah, right? a four four is good. Three man team is perfect. Five man lows, I I hate five person. Oh, someone's in the middle seat. Someone's in the middle seat. Uh, I rode to New York in a five man car. And like, there's no small guys in this ride, right? <laughs> the back seat, the back seat at one point in time was Satu Jin, myself <laughs> in the middle, and Reed Bittman. Oh my god! <laughs> and like, I was like, "What the what car am I doing?" Uh, it was a, uh, it was like a, a Chevy uh, Envoy. Mm. So it was a little bit of room, but not enough room for those three big boys in the back. <laughs> like. And then also the the back the hatchback was full was full of bags and everything, so nobody could sit back there. So mm-hmm. I just had to suffer in the middle at one point. I was just like, I was like, please, I just want to go home. I'm like, no more stops. I'm like, no more stops. Let me go home. As I'm a like the myself. worst because I'm a huge water drinker, and also mm. I am a person who sits to pee. So it's like, you know, I can't just go out in the field. Yeah, Iowa, right. Everybody's like, oh, Kaya, come on out in the field. It's so great. The stars are out. Just <laughs> go for it. Let it rip. But I'm wait. like, I'm not going out into the field because what you're missing here is you all are able to do this standing. Yeah. I don't want to put my lady parts down low where I can't see what the f*** in that cornfield. <laughs> Something might bite me in the ass. <laughs> This episode you is really like, run a gamut. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're just in the first like, interview. It's okay. It's okay, <laughs> look, hey, It's fine. It's fine. Look, hey, like, if anybody's watching this act, you relate to it. They understand. Hey, like, it's terrifying. It is right? pro wrestling indie straighted. We're giving the real independent wrestling also, experience. Also, I'll, look, I'll give you even more of an in-depth. Like, going out east is probably, like, the worst time because there's no, like, truck stops. They're, like, they get further and far in between. And so the stops, uh, they get longer and you just have to bear, you just got to barrel through it. Cause like at, at one point I was like, you, it's like, you, I'm at a quarter of a tank. I need a gas station. And like, I was just like, I look like we're in Philadelphia, we're in uh, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, where the f- is the truck stop at? <laughs> like, I'm like, we had a quarter of a tank and at that point, but I started panicking at a quarter of a tank. If I can't find a gas station within like, like 20 the next 20 miles i'm like all right we got to figure something out now because i do not want to be stranded on the road oh man that's yeah that's that's a whole other thing you got to consider um pwi headquarters are just outside of philly so if you ever get stuck stop actually yeah <laughs> not that way what's up um no, I really appreciate you coming on today, talking a hey, little no bit problem. about part of the survival and no just you know, giving us some insight into how one transitions into deathmatch wrestling, like the hardships that we all kind of yeah. know were there, but we didn't really know. Yeah, you don't realize until you start going through yeah. it. Yeah, and just a little bit of insight into making these towns and what it's like to be in the car and yeah, and a professional wrestler because I it, think that a lot of people really enjoy hearing those stories. So yeah, ain't today. no problem. Yeah, like I like. I like to shine light on like the stuff that like a lot of people don't see because like sometimes people think it's like oh you guys must have so much fun 
Like you, like where you went? Oh my God, you went to Boston. You must see. I saw nothing. I saw. I, I saw the highway. I saw the venue, and I saw the highway again. I saw the like, inside of my eyelids. When exactly. I was in the back seat. Exactly. Like people are like, oh my God, you went out. You went out to. You went out to here. You went to Florida. You went. You like you went to uh, California, whatever. You like you must have seen so much. No, not at all. But I said, look, as, as soon as I got as soon as I got in town, I went to the venue. I slept, woke up, look, wrestled, got back to it, got back in the car and drove. You know, it's it's uh, it's a different type of lifestyle. It takes a different breed of person to do it. It's kind of tough job. I mean, aside from like all the as a big dude myself, describing yeah. being in the back seat in the middle of two other big dudes and how cramped you would be over, oh. over a long, I think, I think I would, would rather be like strapped to the car, like a Christmas tree. Than that. <laughs> it's uh like to quote, to quote Tracy Smothers, you know, rest his soul. Uh, he used to say, it's not the bumps that get you. It's the car rides. True. Wow. I, uh, yeah. I remember one time at black and brave, they're like, you're not paid to wrestle. You're paid to travel. You wrestle eight, minutes, <laughs> yeah. travel eight hours. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. very yeah. insightful. Very true. Very point. I was going to say, I joke all the time about putting Yo-Yo on the roof of the car. <laughs> <laughs> tie Yo-Yo to the roof. <laughs> Just strap him up there. <laughs> knowing Yo-Yo, he's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, get him down. 100%. It's a nice breeze. <laughs> all right. We'll give you a chance to say uh, your final words to Rena before we sign off. I think that'll be a good way to wrap up. But first, thing, uh, apart from the tournament of survival itself that you'd like. Uh, coming up, man, I, I've got... Um, I've got a show in Chicago uh, for IC, uh, ICW, Jesus Christ, it's uh, IWA, Mid-South. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following Sunday, I have a, I have a match down in Flophouse Wrestling. Um, and then kind of following that, slows down for like, a, for like I get a good week off. And then right after that, it's tournament of survival. You know, I kinda, it's, it's like I planned it a little bit, right? <laughs> like I planned a little bit of a rest in between. But yeah, it's tournament survival. As far as our arena goes, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna it's gonna be violent. It's gonna be fun. Uh, people are gonna enjoy. It. It's gonna be bloody. That was an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Hoodfoot about the tournament and then just about I don't, travel tips, the <laughs> the uh, ailments and uh, bumps and bruises and aches and pains that come from traveling. He uh, he was just uh, an absolute pleasure to talk to, um, and I'm excited to see what he does in this tournament. Well, me too, because for being someone who's a relative newcomer to deathmatch, he's certainly taken to it like a duck to water, and has also like really competed in deathmatch across multiple promotions. So it makes you very well rounded. It's one thing to like have all your deathmatches at one place, right? But when you're you're going to like IWA and you're going to XPW and you're going to all these other territories that run deathmatch and you're taking on all these different deathmatch competitors from different backgrounds, like you know you're going to No Peace, Russell Basada, No Peace, right? Like mm-hmm. there's there's so many um, Horror Slam, right? Like up in Michigan, like he's a pretty well traveled deathmatch wrestler for being new to the deathmatch scene. So I'm sure it'll be really interesting to see what he brings to the table in this matchup for sure and of course he's really excited we already know who his opponent is because uh you know we just listened to that interview there um but i wanted 
before we go to that interview, I would like to just say a big thank you to Mr. Haku for helping us yes. with translating, being on the call. Uh, they took time out of the day for us in the middle of the day in Japan. Uh, and it was a very, very early <laughs> Saturday morning for the two of us. So. 3 a.m. I think it's literally like opposite, like totally yeah. opposite. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, it's 12. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually 13 hours, I think, at the time, but it was. We so made if it two, happen. If the two of us sound a little sleepier than normal, that's why. So go ahead. Who are we talking to here? It's not very much a surprise. We are talking to Hoodfoot's opponent, Reno Yamashita. And last time she was stateside, I saw her absolutely wreck Charlie Evans over the dome with a light tube fan. Like, it was wild. So this right here is why I am so hyped for this opening round match. Like, I think it speaks for itself. Let's go talk to Reno. All right, Rena, it is so awesome to have you on today. The last time I spoke with you, you were here stateside for Game Changer Wrestling, and you wrestled Charlie Evans at Evil Deeds in Detroit, and then you wrestled Atticus Kogar in the NGI 6 in Chicago. But this time you're returning to take on Hoodfoot in Tournament of Survival. How do you feel about that? <laughs> トーナメント <laughs> so she's been trying to search for information on Hoodfoot ever since the match had been announced, but then she'd been struggling to find information on him. So, you know, if she can't amass uh, information on him before she gets there, she's going to have to play it by ear and just face him and see how it goes. But yeah, he has been seeing mm. a lot of bloody photos of him, and that's about all. Well, I can say he he knows you, and he he's familiar with your work. He's very excited to face you, uh, and uh, he's a he's a big guy, um, and he is he's has been in these very violent matches with lots of blood. Um, but he's not taking you lightly as an opponent. He really, uh, he, he's excited for this, but he knows your reputation and what you bring to the ring. メンタリティでこの試合に臨もうとしてる。相手が。そう。あ、じゃあ、もうその気持ちにまっすぐぶつかるだけっていうかね。she's um, happy and honored and she says bring it on. <笑><笑> 
チャリーとかディカスコーガーもそあの、うん、あんまり情報を入れすぎると私はちょっと、うん、あの不安になっちゃうから、うん、あのなんかどういう感じの人かっていうイメージだけで結構いい。So she likes to keep her image within herself rough and vague.、Mm-hmm. It makes her、uh, feel more comfortable going into matches. Would you say that partaking in matches and freedoms, such as light tubes death matches, junkyard tornado death matches, oh my God, glass hell death matches, <laughs> give you a little bit of a competitive advantage for the tournament of survival, having these matches in your toolbox? いやもうもちろんあのフリーダムズ GCW のデスマッチが本当に大好きだし、うん、なんか本当にお客さんも最高だと思ってるけど、うん、でもやっぱりフリーダムズのデスマッチがこの山下にあったデスマッチアマゾネスを作ってきたから、うんうん、そこに関してはもう自信しかないですね。うんうんうんうん so as much as she loves GCW,、uh, the fighting in GCW, and the fans that are amazing.、Um, she was, as a deathmatch fighter, she was raised in freedoms, and that gives her the utmost confidence to be able to take on anything that happens anywhere. She takes a lot of pride in having been、uh, born and raised in freedoms as a, as a deathmatch fighter. I, I'm sure、uh, you've been asked something like this before, but how would you compare? You said you like or are fond of those GCW fans.、Um, of course, the fans at Freedoms are、uh, very into the, the matches as well. What is your experience and how, how would you compare those two different sets of fans from Freedoms and GCW specifically? ああ、もう、そもそも、その、試合の、うん、あの、今日、なんか、まあ、大会自体の、その、競技の、あの、競技をかぶらないようにとか、っていうのがあるから、うん、それに比べて GCW が、あの、第一試合から蛍光灯タワー、やったりとか、うん、出したりとか、する点に関して、多分、日本のファンだったら、え、なんか狂気かぶってるじゃんって思ってこう、うん、あまた同じことが多分思っちゃうところもあるんですよ、うん、きっとでも GCW のファンはあの、うん、なんかど,どの試合で蛍光灯を使ってガラスボードが何枚出ようがあのその人がやるからその人のデスマッチだっていうあの目線で見てくれるのはすごくなんか自分の中で新鮮でしたね、うん、そういうイメージ GCW の人たちは、うん、その人のなんか蛍光灯の試合じゃなくてその人のデスマッチをしっかりなんかまっすぐこうピュアな気持ちで見てくれてるなって思います。So in Japan,、uh, the fans and also the promotion to an extent、uh, can be a bit picky in the way that you know if a light tube comes out as a weapon in match one and then again in match four, they'd be like, oh, we saw that already. Right. right? So they try to 
look at the show as a whole and uh, ensure that there's something different in each match. Whereas in GCW, the fans appreciate each match on its own. And, you know, even if they see light tubes twice, it's a different wrestler doing that. So they appreciate them both separately and individually. So, you know, she find she's very thankful and appreciative of the fact that uh, the GCW fans look at each match and appreciate each match individually in respect of the wrestlers that are using the weapon in each match. That's awesome. It kind of gives you that vibe where it's like, is it forced creativity or is it like, do I have any creative restraints? Like, what can I work with today? And I love that it maybe sometimes in both environments makes you innovate from mm. what you're used to doing. あ、そういう風に制約をね、そういうこと考えないで、ジュニアでるっていうのも素晴らしいし、逆にでも日本もそういう制約あるからこそみんな地を絞ってやるっていうのもそれもまた素晴らしい。うん。ああ、確かにお
Uh, not because he knew that she liked death matches and hardcore matches, but she just he just thought that Rina would be able to adapt to any type of match and will do well. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, turned out to be a very good match and the fans loved it. So she started taking on hardcore matches in her promotion before she went freelance. And then once she went freelance, everybody started booking her in uh, death matches. And she was like, yeah, well, sure, why not? And she just gradually made the move from hardcore, just hardcore to actual death matches when she went freelance. フリーダムズ、あの、試合で、そこで私も何故かのダブ軍に組まれて、で、オーバーストップロープのあのイニメーションマッチだったんですけど、カザイ順とのあの、一緒に上場を打ちして、そしたらお客さんがうわーってなって、そっからカザイ順との
I hope that happens. That would be really cool. So I think we should also talk a little bit about Nomads because the, the big show just happened the other day and this is this new project you have. Uh, for anyone who is not familiar with this new venture, could you tell our listeners a little bit about how that came to be and what you hope to accomplish there? なんか一緒に協力してみんなでなんかフリー、やっぱりあの、Right, so we're less than 24 hours removed from actually uh, the Nomad show. It just happened uh, last night and it was an amazing success. But uh, it came about when the wrestler Sumire Natsu, uh, ex, uh, ex stardom, now freelance uh she was on hiatus with an injury and uh you know she was thinking about what where to go next and then uh she saw a show where it was all uh freelance males and as you may know in japan most wrestlers you know the the majority of wrestlers are signed to a single company uh, even though it might be an indie company, they're still signed. So you don't see that much crossover except for freelancers. And then the flip side is that you rarely see freelancers fight other freelancers. They're usually brought into promotions to fight their roster members. They're like the outside enemies. So you you don't get much of freelancers being in matches with other freelancers. So they came up with the idea of, what would happen when all these freelancers get together and, you know, the entire card will be filled with just new matchups. So Natsu uh, went to Yamashita and then also Miyuki Takase and Maya Yukihi, uh, four freelancers. And then they formed a core group and booked other freelancers to bring this show together. So, and then, 
you know, as they expected last night, there was a whole bunch of new exciting matchups that no other promotion would book because, you know, a promotion would not book two different freelancers to have a match against each other. So, you know, that was only one show yesterday and there's still a bunch of other matchups that could happen. And there's other freelancers that could be booked on the show. So um, the goal going forward would be to keep uh, pumping out cards that are new and exciting and that you can't see anywhere else. And all of them are, you know, not just freelancers, but but they're all popular freelancers. So, right, you know, right. there was a lot of star power in the ring. And there was, there was a lot of buzz about it, um, even in the States. I take it the show went well then? It was uh, very good. It was very good, yes. Good, good. And then uh, it was one of the first shows in Japan where we, uh, the fans could make noise again. Mm. So the atmosphere was amazing. And then, you know, we didn't have, you know, the every other seat uh, seat mapping. We, f- we filled the building to capacity and they were making noise. So, you know, it, it's not the clap crowd environment that you see on streaming, you know, in the past two years out of Japan, right. an entire right. different experience. Which for anyone listening, that that was a, a pandemic precaution to minimize the amount of uh, chatter and I mean, spread yes. of disease. That was that was that was what that was for. Um, mm. Rena, one of the first um, matches that sticks out in my memory uh, of you in this this death match environment certainly is uh, the match you had with Charlie Evans at GCW last year, which was not part of uh, Tournament of Survival, but it was a, a phenomenal match, a very well received here. Um, would you potentially consider, and I mean, Charlie's back in Australia now, do you have any interest in perhaps going, going down there and, and facing her on her home turf?チャリーはすごい特別な選手で、あの試合はすごい特別な感じは、GCWに今回行けるのも嬉しいし、あの、やっぱり別の目標でオーストラリアに行って、チャリーと試合また試合したいっていうのもあるし、逆にチャリーに
。そう、ハートが、ハートがいい選手さんで。Mm. She has a really good heart.、Mm. She really、mm. likes、uh, Charlie as a person, not just as a deathmatch wrestler.、Mm. The fans really enjoyed the match they had in Detroit. That was a huge hit. I'm sure they would love you guys to run it back here. Maybe the third match. Come back to the States. <laughs> American fans are very good. America is more than welcome. <laughs> やっぱりお互い今また時間が経って、またちょっともっとこう、もっといい、もっともっともっといいです、マッチ見せれると思う時間が経てば経つほど。うん。You know, a little bit of time has passed since the last match, and it might be some more time until it can actually happen, but it only means that they're going to get better as wrestlers and be able to have an even better match when they finally meet. So, you know, even though it might take a little bit of time, Rina's really looking forward to that. Happening again. No rush. There's all the time in the world. A super rival. Great. I love to hear it.、Um, Kai, I feel like I've been hogging Rena's time、uh-huh. here, the questions. I know you had some other things you wanted to ask. Hey. Honestly, I've just enjoyed the conversation so much. It's been such an honor to be a part of it. But I was going to, as much as I love Deathmatch, and I think it's really awesome what you're doing for women in Deathmatch. I also think it's really awesome that you've been having some fun matches at Ice Ribbon. Like, that's a really neat promotion. I know that you're part of the stable Rebel Enemy there. You get to mix it up with all these amazing Joshi performers. How's that? トリプル暗黒組織、うん、トリプルセックスっていうところを、ね。でも多分ラム会長とかいるから多分ね、うんうん、似たような感じで多分。そうね、でもアイスリボンにも協力してもらって、うん、あのー、やっている大会ですね。うん、あれは自主工業ですよね。うん、そうですね、うんうん、あのユニットの大会なんですけども、うんうん、トリプルシックスとアイスリボンに協力してもらって、うんうん、あのー、みんなで作ってる大会です、うんうんうん。で、そのデスマッチじゃないプロレスっていうのも、うんうんうん、それはそれでやっぱり今でも楽しい。うん、もうずっと楽しい。もうプロレスが好きで、やっぱりこの世界に入ってきたし、うんうんうん、あの、デスマッチファイターは、デスマッチじゃなくてもプロレスがもうそもそもすごいものだから。うんうんうん、でそうデスマッチはあのプロレスできない人が逃げる、うん、逃げ道じゃない、うん。プロレスができた上でデスマッチをして、我々は進化しているものを見せる。うんうん、so, actually, the Rebel and Enemy is an、uh, independent show that she produces with the help of Ice Ribbon and another pro- promotion,、uh, the Darkness Promotion Triple Six,、mm-hmm. where、right. he's the likes of Ram Kaichao, you know, with the、mm-hmm. face. Cool. Right. So, but for her, She originally joined pro wrestling not knowing death matches. So, you know, that was always her passion. So, she enjoys it very much. And also,、um, she really loves to wrestle and she wants to prove that death matches are not for the people that can no longer wrestle. She believes strongly that wrestling, good wrestling, should be at the foundation of. 
good deathmatch pro wrestling, right? Mm. If you know what I mean. Oh no, absolutely. There, no, 100%. There's, there's a lot of conversation about that here too. That's we, uh, had, a, we had a conversation when we spoke with Hoodfoot. He was very much invested in that whole concept entirely, along with deathmatch wrestling having good storytelling. So. その、そう、ね、そう、もうおっしゃる通り。100% yeah, so, you know, if you just want to see blood or if you, you just want to see sharp objects, you know, in Rina's opinion, you can find that outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for death matches to be what they are, there also needs to be the element of a fight, a struggle, and then the story on top of that. So she's, yeah, in 100% agreement of what you just mentioned. I greatly look forward to the deathmatch story you and Hoodfoot will tell us in June。なんか、Mm. So she, you know, based on what she's just heard, uh, now she has a more clear and better impression of Hoodfoot because all she saw was just, you know, a lot of bloody photos. So mm. now she's going to be able to step out of that airplane onto American soil with, you know, a more motivated, happier feeling looking forward to the match. Good. So glad to hear that. Um, awesome. You both have been very generous with your time. Um, so before we let you go and, and go about your day and it's the middle of the night here, so we'll, we'll probably go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> um, we'll give you Rena a chance to tell our listeners, the American fans, um, anything you would like to to promote anything you would like um, and then uh, Rina after you do that uh, Mr. Haku can also promote anything he would like to promote as well あの、ま、
国境を越える架け橋になっていて、うん、そんなフリーダムズのデスマッチもみんな知ってると思うけど、うん、今のフリーダムズをもっと現場で見,見るために、私はアメリカでそのきっかけになる存在になりたいと思ってるから、うん、うんそんな応援しろとは言わないけど、うん、応援させる、うん、応援さ,させざるを得ないような試合をするから、うん、絶対目を離すなよって感じです,、うん、ですかね。<笑> so she's very thankful to the internet,、uh, the American fans that、uh, they support her wrestling and you know, have good things to say about the matches she's had in the past. But that's only going to make it a taller order for her to put on an even better showing in this next match.、Uh, and、uh, she's not going to ask fans to support her. She's going to make them have to support her through what she's going to put on at the show. And、uh, one of her goals, her key themes、uh, when she wrestles is. Borderless, and she wants to be that person that transcends beyond borders. And she knows that the American fans、um, uh, already know and love、uh, the wrestling at Freedoms. But whatever you've seen is old, and the stuff that's going on right now in Japan in real time is above and beyond what you know of them. So, her goal is to be that、uh, ambassador、mm-hmm. to be able to bring the latest and greatest of what freedom has to offer to the American fans. And she's going to make it happen. So, keep your eyes on Rina Yamashita. Fantastic. And, Mr. Haku, anything you would like to promote before we part ways here? Well,、uh, the Nomad Show,、um, as we said, is.、Uh, Still on demand pay per view, you can still get it. And、uh, I provided English translations to all promos on the official、uh, Nomads account. So, strongly suggested that you go check that show out because it's really amazing. And、uh, for me personally, I am、uh, starting a project where I introduce Japanese wrestlers to the English speaking fan base. And、uh, So, that I can get wrestlers like Rena, the foreign fans want to know more about her. So, I'll be talking to them and putting English captions and everything so that you know, it's designed specifically for the English speaking fan base. And I'm also going to try and get to talk to Japanese wrestlers that want to reach out to the American fan base. So, you know, from both sides, if there's demand on one end, I'm going to try to capture that and deliver that. Uh, to the English speaking、uh, population out there on YouTube eventually. So I will be coming out with information on that probably very shortly. Okay, great. And we'll, we'll include、uh, your, your Twitter handle and, and Rena's, and we'll make sure that all the information is in there so that、uh, awesome. when the time comes, it can be done. Thank、mm-hmm. you both so much for taking the yeah, time out、you. today. We really appreciate it. It's awesome.、Yeah. That was awesome. And of course, like we had to ask her about the Charlie Evans match because that was that was wild. It was, that was wild. It was really wild. And 
You know, I think that like people sometimes like they have their expectations for what a match is going to be in their mind. And that was certainly a match that exceeded any and all expectations that anybody who walked into the Knights of Columbus had that night. So the fact that they have formed this um, competitive friendship per se, and will be not, not, eh. I, I cannot talk today. And I wasn't up at 3am. Imagine that. I don't know why I'm having <laughs> such difficulties. It is three in the afternoon, not 3am should be relatively easy for me, but that they are going to meet up again is definitely something to look forward to in the future. Definitely. It's just a question of which continent this time. All right. Well, that's tournament of survival preview. That's coming up Saturday, June 4th at the showboat in Atlantic city. So that's, that's very exciting. I think there are still tickets available for that, but that'll be streaming as, as always on fight TV. Um, this was great. Thank you for burning the, I mean, well past midnight oil with me for that second interview. <laughs> Anything uh, you'd like to plug before we head out here today? I guess just the usual. I'm on all platforms of social media under the handle at Kaya MCK. I will be at Tournament of Survival Weekend. So if you see me, please come say hello. We can chat. We can take pictures. We can hang out. I've, I've missed seeing everybody while I've been recovering. So I'm very much looking forward to getting out of my cage again. Now that I'm rested and ready to take on the world. <laughs> Coming out of your cage and you're doing just fine. Uh, <laughs> well, that's debatable. Am, am I coming out yet or am I just crawling out slowly because my arm is still healing? I don't think we're busted loose just yet. You're coming along. You're, <laughs> you're, you're back. At, I, I see on the on Twitter and Instagram where you're back at the gym. So I mean, back at CrossFit. Yeah, that's huge. I can't do, I, I didn't have a broken arm and I can't touch CrossFit. So congrats on doing an awesome job kicking this recovery's ass. And, you know, I'm proud of you. Well, I think that's the thing that people sometimes, it's really easy to get like discouraged and, and feel down when you're recovering, but the sooner you can get back to doing the smallest thing, you're going to feel so much better. And it will make anybody who's injured, anybody who's taking some time off or dealing with anything right now in this space of um, healing injuries per se, as soon as you're able to, within reason, get up and move, find, find a way to move. Like even, oh my gosh, I was at the gym doing lunges and air squats and step ups and an abduction sling because that's all I could do but it to do something really put me in a good mental state and I think that that helped expedite my recovery a little bit just to immediately like okay get up keep moving find a way um so yes I encourage you if you are going through similar things with your injuries to just keep finding a way to keep yourself moving it's it's good for you mentally if nothing else absolutely well, Kaya, stay uh, stay safe at Tournament of Survival. Watch oh, out man. for shards of everything. Sure. I don't know. I'll probably run around like a crazy person. I'm still on a lift restriction, so can't work me too hard, right? I'll be at the door. Come say hi to me. I'll watch from the door. It's safe up there. <laughs>